0: Shalom, and I hope all is well. My name is Yitzhak Shifman. Thanks for tuning into this podcast, and I hope you enjoy the Torah classes in it. Now, on to the episode. We're going to have three sections in today's Amud. First, we'll finish talking about these Birchas Hareach, the blessings made over. Certain types of plants, trees, different types of plants. The second section will have a series of memras of Revzutra Bartovia. We'll see different memras that he said, agaritas. And in the last section will have two arguments, Beishan Beishalel, and a final section of six or eight rulings, we'll see, that are considered disgraceful behaviors for Talmud Chachamim. Now we are beginning today, Amar Mar Zutra, Amar Mar Zutra, that's where we're beginning today. Yeah, the fourth line on now just important to note like this we left off with this actually we're going to get some clarity on this today certain plants you're going to say even though it's not the tree and the reason for that is because the word atse doesn't mean tree in this context atse means wood could also mean wood if it's a hardened plant and you're smelling the stalk of that plant, that constitutes wood and it could receive the bracha of Boyre Atse besam. However, if it's the same item even, but it's flexible, means it's a different variety, for example, so then you're going to make a bracha of Boyre Isve b'samim, the one who created the, uh, the grasses of fragrance, meaning, is that. It could be even two different varieties of the same thing. One is a hardened form, so atse bisamim is appropriate. The other one is a flexible, softer form, and that would be isfeh. So the Gemara now proves that actually from a Pasuk, that you can call something that's not a tree atse, and therefore in the bracha, as I just explained, it would also use that same language. Amar Marzutra, because we had examples of this in the last Talmud. Amar Marzutra, Maid Makra. What is the source in the Pasuk that shows a hardened plant is called Atse? So the source is, because it says in Yeshua, when the spies enter Eretz Yisrael under the command of Yeshua, which was Kalev and Pinchas, it says they come to the house of Roch Azona to see the feeling in Yericho. And when the spies of the, or when the messengers of the king of Yericho arrive, Roch wanted to hide them. She brought them up to the roof and she hid them in the Pishte eight, the wood of Pishton. Now, it wasn't wood. It was a plant called flax. So the Gemara says you see from this that you can call a plant eight if it's a hardened item, similarly with those items we discussed yesterday. And the Gemara gives a few more examples now. Hai Nirkum de Ginunisa. Now Nirkum de Ginunisa is a Nirkum Rashi translates as Chabatzelas Hasharon, which is roses. So roses that are of the garden variety, which are hardened. So you say the bracha of Boreatse b'samim. Apparently the stems of these are harder. And therefore, you make Bere Atse besamim. But the Davra, the wild ones in the fields, which are apparently are more flexible, Bere Isve besamim. So you make the Bracha of Bere Isve besamim because it's flexible, it's not considered wood. Omrev Sheishes, honey Sigli. I believe Sigli is translated as uh, violet. Violets, okay? Mevarchen Aluyu. Yeah? Probably that's where the name Sigalit comes from, no? Could be. Sigalit is name. Yeah. Yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, it's flexible, so you say the bracha of when you smell them. Somebody that smells an aromatic fruit, for example, an esrog or a chavusha is a quince. Mm-hmm. Some sort of an aromatic fruit. So you're not eating it, but you're smelling it. So Omer, the baruch, the baruch you say on smelling it is sure. baruch Shenosan reach toiv baperas. Blessed is Hashem who placed goodly smell, good smells in the fruits. Umrev Yehuda, this is a famous halacha. Haiman de nafik someone that goes out in the days of Nisan, in the spring, the ilani to and he sees trees in bloom. Was it in bloom? I mercy says, "Blessed is Hashem that He didn't cause anything to be lacking in this world. by Brias ubara by He created good creatures, and good trees, Adam for people to enjoy." So, it's special bracha in that season. No. she's very happy that people go and make a bracha it's beautiful so it's beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> 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 what is the mekar in the psukim that you make a bracha when you smell something good the gemara seems to understand it's natural we learned earlier that it's us adam <coughs> It's usher to benefit without making a bracha when you're eating something because there's a physical, tangible thing that's being benefited. But smelling something is not tangible. So where do we know you make a bracha for that too? The Pasuk in Tehillim says, All neshama will bless you, will thank you. And That's what I thought the pshat was, but that's not what the Gemara says. What is the thing that the soul benefits from? Very interesting meaning that the, uh, yeah, the soul. We look at it as like a soul benefiting from, and the body doesn't benefit from it. It's not a physical eating of sorts. That refers to the rech. Apparently, when you smell something good, your soul benefits. So therefore, that's a mechor. You should praise Hashem about that as well. I assumed it was nisham, like you just said. But that's not what the gemara seems to say. Rav Zutra, uh, now moving on, this is gonna be a new section, a series of agaditas of Ravzutra Bartovia. So at Bahuri Yisrael, in the future the young uh, Jewish boys, Rashi says or sorry, on the side, the Mesuras Hashas adds in Shalitamu Tamchet. That didn't taste the taste of Avera, meaning the pure young boys. They'll give off a good smell like the blossoms of the Lebanon, which is an area the Lebanon or the Lebanon. Like the Possack says, the young ones, the saplings, will go forth. Its splendor will be like the olive. And it will have a smell like the Lebanon. So that's going to be in the future, apparently. Okay, moving on now. This is a series of statements of the same Amorav What does it mean when the Pesach in? Kohelas teaches us, All was made by Hashem per- nicely in its time. So what is this referring to? It teaches us, Hashem made everyone happy with their lot in terms of profession. Very interesting thing. Rashi explains that means that. The world needs to have certain professions that are perhaps not very pleasant. You need to have a tanner. You need to have people who take care of dirty things. So what the did is he gave people skill sets that work well with these things so people would appreciate doing jobs that maybe not everyone would appreciate so everything that's taken care of in this world. And the Gemara says, this refers to Omar of Papa Hanada Amriyanshi. There's a parable that people use to, to address this, which is, hang a uh, palm shoot around the neck of a pig, the brach is a pig, which is something good to eat that it could enjoy, but even though you do that, the of Ovid, he'll still go and roll around in the mud and the feces and the dirty things. Meaning to say is, that's why he finds appealing. Memelo, that's what he's going to get involved with. And it's similar, different professions. Avukah, when you deal with a torch, and we're talking about in front of the mazikim. We know at night you're not supposed to walk by yourself because there's demons. So R Sutra marav says something very interesting. He says, Avuka. If a person's carrying a torch, Kishnayim. It's like two people walking. Apparently that mazikim will stay away from you to a degree because a torch and a person's like two. The the and the moon, Kish that would be like three people. You more wonders, when we say, doesn't mean that the torch is like two, including him, means the torch is one, and he's another one, that's two. Or does it mean, the torch is like two more, which means really with him, it's three, like three people, that it'll fend off the Mazikim. Oh. The, says, Tashma, the, pr- the proof is from the next part of the sentence it says the moon is like three now, if you say that the torch is like one and with him it's two and then the Yarech is three with him but altogether three so it makes sense now the reason it makes sense is because we know that as we're about to show in a moment there is a distinction and protection from the Mazik in between two and three so then it would be a significant distinction. Mm-hmm. But if it means more than him, means him plus two more, and then by the moon it would be him plus three more. So you don't need four. Meaning the idea is there's no benefit in having three people or four people. So therefore it doesn't make sense that the would have to say that. Because we know it was taught that when there's one person walking by himself, these damaging forces will appear and they could damage him. When there's two people walking at night, when the mazikim will appear, but they won't damage. for three, already they're they're not going to appear altogether. So therefore, there's no distinction between three and four. Obviously, then what the b'raisa means to say is, the moon is three with him. Obviously, then it means also that that the torch is like two. Obviously, means the torch with him is two together altogether. That's an acceptable proof very famous we learned Saita. adam it's more it's better for a person to fall into a fiery furnace to kill himself than embarrassing his friend's face in public or whitening his friend's face in public. Minolan, how do we know this? Me Tamar, we know from the story of Tamar and Yehuda. So what happened was Yehuda had married off his oldest son to Tamar, and he died for his, because of his own affair, as the can tell us. Married the second one, Gibum, also died for the same reason. He didn't want Shayla to marry Tamar because he thought maybe this is a Katlanis woman, dangerous. And so he sent her away with a half-baked excuse. Eventually, as the Rishonim speak out, Tamar or Hashem uh, uh, created a scenario that there could be a kiyom of Yibom koidamat by Yehuda sleeping with her. He didn't realize. Mm-hmm. And ended up happening she's pregnant and they tell Yehuda the God of Lador your ex-daughter-in-law is pregnant out of wedlock and apparently because she still had a responsibility for Yibom this is liable to be put to death. She could have pulled out the items that Yehuda had given her to guarantee the money that he would have to pay but she didn't. Rather what she did was shenemar says she was brought out to be killed and Rashi says she didn't say Yehuda impregnated me rather she said the man that gave that owns these I'm pregnant now she gave Yehuda the opportunity to either oust himself or not oust himself Mm -hmm. but she didn't embarrass him so she was willing to throw herself in that fiery furnace and die and not embarrass Yehuda that's the card Tanarabbanan continues the Gemara, and that's the final section of the day. So you have two arguments here. At the end of a meal, we said they used to have the custom, they'd bring this aromatic oil to clean their hands, mm-hmm. and also they would bring wine. So the Gemara says like this Tanarabbanan, this is the first debate. He the the fun of Shemen vahadas. At the end of the meal, they brought Shemen, meaning some pleasant smelling oils to the, clean the hands, and Hadas. So we said already, Hadas, we know the brocha is say, Besamim, and we said Shemen is uh, Shemen if we said. So, the, these two things were brought at the end of a meal. Now, two different brachas. So, there's a machloikis as to which bracha said first. You're smelling both, but what brachas said first? So, B'shamayi say, first you make a brach on the oil, smelling it, and then on the hadas. B'shamayi says, no, first you make a brach on, on, on the hadas, and then on the oil after. Omer Rabbin Gamliel says, something which is a chidah. She says, Ani achria, I will determine. Shemen, it's more logical to make a broch on the oil first. Why? Because we have a dual benefit. We could smell it and enjoy the aroma and anoint it on our bodies. So that's superior as opposed to hadas. Hadas, we benefit in its way of its smell, but we don't benefit to anoint ourselves with it. So therefore, you actually passkins like like shamai, and you actually make a broch on the oil, aromatic oil, and before you make a bracha on the hadas. Um, Rabbi, Yochanan, and Rabbi Yochanan said, the halacha is like the machria Rabbi Gamliel, we pasken like Peshamai, you make a bracha on the oil and then on the smelling of the hadas. Gemara tells us an incredible story in contrast to that. Rav Papa, Rav Huna Rav Papa went to the house of Rav Huna Bred Ravika. They brought in front of the guests Shemen and Hadas. Is like a mixture two different things, two different minim. Oh, two you have different aromatic different. oils and a, a, a stick of uh, Hadas that smells oh, good. No, they're not mixed. Okay. no, two different issues, yeah. So the, there was these exactly this case Shemen and Hadas was brought in front of Rav Papa. Rav Papa took the Hadas, made a bracha first, and then he made a bracha on the oil. So the Gemara says, this is like the shita of base Hillel. But we just said Rabbi Yochanan and Paskin like the Machria like Beis Shamai. You make a bracha on the oil first. Mm-hmm. So Amar Le, Ravunu Bred Ravika said to Rav Papa, lamar Machria. Don't you hold like the P'sak we said before that Rabbi Yochanan and Pasquin like Rgamliya, who is like Beis Shamai to make a bracha on the oil and then the hadas. Now, this Gemara is unbelievable. Amar Le, hachi Omar Rava. So Rav Papa responded, Yeah, but Rava said halach that the halach is like Bezil, You make a bracha on the hadas first. But the Gemara says velohi Now this is Rashi's Girsa. Rashi's learned it's not true Rava never said that Rav Papa made up that he just wanted to do this to avoid embarrassment he had done the wrong thing Rav Papa made a mistake and in order to avoid embarrassment he made up a psak of Rava that was not a Levite Hilchisa that's That's how Rashi learns unbelievable look at Rashi you see that Rashi Get Rashi because the other Rishonim disagree, but Rashi says V'lahi. You see, there, Rashi it's about uh, "Lai <laughs> Rava Never said that like Beisilal." El the was ashamed because he made a mistake. so he avoided the issue by saying a, a new psaq of Rava. So Taysfus says, and the other Rishonim say because the riff. Riff has a different girsah. He says, a uh ilfa's Ilfaz He paskins like Rava. He didn't have the girsah. It's not true, and it was a mistake because to say that is an incredible chiddush. To say that Riff Papa conjured up a new pasak that's not true to avoid embarrassment, but lemaisa Rashi learns that way. So that's what comes out according to Rashi, anyways. I mean, you know, like yeah. <laughs> to, to, to say something like that, it's you're talking. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. that would say, you know, I heard them say that Robba said that. I mean, right. you'll make,
1: you'll make, you'll make right. saying
0: halakhas based on That's that. That's amazing. Can't just make something up. Is, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's very far fetched. Huge pella. That's it. Yeah. So, I'm take this. So, some take this last line out altogether. All right. That was the first machleikus. Let's we'll see the second machleikus now. So, Tzana and Again, the end of the meal. So, the guests or the people at the meal, uh, they brought in front of them Shem and They brought. <clears throat> this aromatic oil to clean their hands <clears throat> and wine to drink at the end of the meal. This is not the Kais Bracha, just they had wine at the end of the meal. So you have to make a bracha on both. Again, they're two different brachas. Shemen is Shemen Areva, smell bracha of aroma and Yayin is a Borei So now, shamai say, Hashemen shamai say, hold the oil in your right hand. The wine in your left. So make a bracha on the oil first. Smell it. And then you make a bracha on the wine. So the oil still takes precedence here. The opposite. Hold the wine in your right hand. The oil in your left. First, you make a bracha on the wine. And then on the oil. Now, so that's a debate in terms of the order. The Gemara tells us now. Okay, so there's oil on this fellow's hands at the end of the meal. Where do you, you have to clean your hands off. I guess they didn't have towels. So the Gemara says, The <laughs> They would rub their hands on the head of the shamish, the attendant. It's a very interesting concept. I, I, I guess it's a little bit based on the times. I don't know why exactly. They would rub the oil on the head of the attendant to get it off of their hands. This is aromatic oil. But if the Shamish, the attendant, was a Torah scholar, and as we'll see later, it's not appropriate for Torah scholars to, to smell of aromatic oils, we'll see. So then the guest should rub it on the wall. It's a disgrace for a Torah scholar to go out to the market smelling aromatically of these oils, so then rub it on the wall. It's very interesting. Otherwise, rub it on his head. It's like an interesting tazach. That's what the Gemara says. Before we move on, we're going to go on now to talk about those things that are disgraceful. Before I forget, I just wanted to mention, Teisvis on the previous Amun, Gimlom alif Aleph, says something that's kedai to mention here. As we said, there's a number of these different types of brachas for smells. You have atze besamim for wood or for a hardened type of plant, isve for a flexible thing, shemen ari for aromatic oils. Taosvus says, if you look at the second to last Taosvus, I'm a Gimelim says, Aleph, Taosvus says, he says in that Taosvus, if you look in the middle of Taosvus, he says, you see that? It's about halfway down that Taosvus, Taosvus. Someone goes to a house with a lot of besamim. He's smelling different sorts of things. He's not sure if this is a wood or if this is a, a plant. So he's not exactly sure what bracha to make. Okay, He knows he has to make a bracha, but he's not sure if it's a atzei or isvei or whatever. So some say you should make a brach of shahakol niyebidvaroi. It's a alkulah imberach shahakol It's a very interesting application. We thought that only refers to consumption of foods. Yeah. Also with smells. But one of the Balitai's Rabbeinu Moshe Mekutsi, said. I think this is what Ashkenazim do. We don't necessarily make chilukim. We often just say borei minei It's like a coverage-type bracha. I think Svartim are more makbid in terms of that. I'm sure it has something to do with the halachas, but the just wanted to point that out. Important point. Okay, let's move on now. It's a fascinating section. Tanu Rabbanon. We're holding now. It's a, it's about four lines above the white lines. It says the bray says shisha devarim Tamid chacham. There are six things that are disgraceful for a talmud chacham. We'll see. There's actually going to be eight, and we'll go through each of them and the, de- the details of each. Number one, this is why it ties in Tarsugya. He shouldn't go out to the market smelling of fragrant oils. Perfume, cologne. He shouldn't go out at night by himself. Three, he shouldn't go out with patched shoes, like holes, patches. Number four, he shouldn't talk to a woman in the market. Number five, Veal Yesa b'Chaburah Shel Amei Ha'aretz, he shouldn't recline with a group of Amei Ha'aretz. Six, Veal Yikonis b'Charenal Beis Hamidrash, he shouldn't enter the Beis Midrash last. Seven He shouldn't take large steps. And eight, He shouldn't walk with an upright posture, which is a, a gaiva issue. We'll speak about that momentarily. So let's go through these fascinating ideas. Number one, He shouldn't go out smelling like aromatic oils to the market. We're talking about if there's a location that people are suspected of homosexuality. So apparently men didn't wear cologne and such in these days and those who did would be associated with perhaps trying to attract other males and therefore Talmud Chacham shouldn't go out that way if that's a place where there was suspicion about this because it could make people suspect him falsely. So Rav said, But it's only an issue if he sprays these oils on his garment. But on his body, the, the sweat will remove it. Meaning, it won't have as potent of a force, because the natural sweat that it'll have will sort of cover over that smell as well. So there's a debate. If you spray it in the hair, is that like his garment and its usr, or is it like the body and its mutter? That is debated. Okay, number two. Talmud Chacham shouldn't walk out at night by himself. So the Gemara says, Because of suspicion. Rashi learns because people will suspect perhaps he's trying to meet up with a prostitute for his nus. So it's a bad look. But the Gemara says, It's only if he doesn't have a set time to go learn in front of his Rebbe. There's a shir that he's attending. Everybody knows that there's no suspicion of anything negative. Number three, you shouldn't walk outside with patched shoes. So the Gemara says, It is disgraceful for a Torah scholar to go out with patched shoes. Any, is that true? Rabbi himself went out with patched shoes. So the Gemara answers, It's an issue if you have patches on patches. It means you have such a. You know, there's such holes in them. That already is a problem. If it's, a soul, it's a double patch, sole double patch you get a problem. But that's also only an issue. If it's on the upper part of the shoe, which is visible. The lower part, the sole, it's also not a problem because it's not visible. It doesn't create a disgrace. In the upper part, it's only an issue. If you're going out into the road. But in the house, again, not considered a issue. But, and it's also only an issue. If you go out during the dry season with these shoes, it's disgraceful. In the, the rainy season, the, the winter, it's not an issue. Rashi learns because the mud will cover over it. Nobody could see it anyways, so it doesn't create a disgrace. Number four. A Talmud Chacham should not no, no, speak no, no. with a woman. What? Yeah. Six, six, the sixth white line should not speak with a woman in the market. Uh, Mem Gimel Mudbe is the sixth to last line, uh, last line on the page. Even if it's his own wife, and the Gemara is about to say the reason is because people don't necessarily know who's his wife, who's not. You're talking to women, it's not a good thing. Tani nami haxi the rises supports this Afilu ish to even if it's his wife Afilu Philohi bitoi his daughter Afilu Philohi a even a sister but fisha go be can it's not necessarily true that everybody knows who his relatives are and therefore you shouldn't speak to any woman in the market. number 5 fallese bi habure shalami arets tam khakham should not recline in a group of ame Ha'aretz. of uh, what do you translate ame Ha'aretz? of uh, Ignoramuses, my time. What's the reason? Because he'll be dragged after them. He'll follow in their ways. It's a negative thing. Number six. She shouldn't be the last one to go in the base medrash. And said why? They'll call him lazy. Seven, V'yesh and others say, You shouldn't take large steps. Amar Mar, like it was taught, it's brought in Tainis. Large steps take one five hundredth of a person's eyesight. Teisvis in Tainis explains how this 1 500th works. What's the solution if he took large steps to return his eyesight? When it says, He should, as Rashi learns, drink Kiddush Friday night. That Kiddush Friday night can return his eyesight. Others say perhaps it means put the wine in your eyes like some have the minog to do during Havdalah. And I think others say you look at the candles during Kiddush Friday night. That returns the la- loss of eyesight. And finally, <laughs> a person should, Talmud Chacham, shouldn't walk with an upright posture, an erect posture. Anyone who walks in such a posture, even for Amos, <laughs> it's like pushing away the legs of the shina. It's considered a haughty Presentation. It says in the Pasuk, in Yeshaya, the entire world is full of Hashem's honor. When you walk around with a position of gaiva, with an erect posture, it's like pushing away the Shechina from its presence. I'm stopping here at the bottom of Gimel and Bays. As is Hashem will pick up the new mission of with Aleph tomorrow. Everyone have a wonderful day.